Health Podcast. I'm Jodie Duval and I'm a functional naturopath in Perth, WA. This is a place where you can expand your knowledge on how to optimise your health and realise your full potential. We'll have cutting-edge information with expert guests and having lots of fun along the way. Get ready to be empowered and motivated to reach your higher vitality and find your ultimate potential. Let's go! Back on the show for episode 50 and to run me through the wonderful Enocana report is the cannabis expert himself, Len May. So we talk about Len's book, Making Cannabis Personal. We talk about the endocannabinoid system and cannabinoids again. And we also talk about what's new in the cannabis industry and research at the moment. We walk through my report and we talk about genetics and predispositions and reactions with cannabinoids and genetics in general and how that may play a part in many aspects of our life. What's new at the Endocanna headquarters and news again in the cannabis industry that we're looking forward to. So I really hope you love this episode. Go check it out on YouTube because you'll be able to see um, the video and the actual report as we talk through. And don't forget to go back and listen to part one or the first session that I had with Len. And um, we went through a lot more detail in, in relation to the actual cannabinoids. So enjoy and really have a great walk through how you make cannabis personal. Hey, Len, back on the show for round two. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> uh, do a lot of people get to come on the second time or am I an anomaly? Well, you're, you're very special. <laughs> thank you. In so many different ways. <laughs> I love special people. Don't worry. <laughs> um, so thank you for coming back on. And um, this is a, an exciting episode for me because we get to bear my genetics to the world. <laughs> Are you ready for that? Are you ready to share with everyone? Because I'm going to go deep in putting the tea leaves together and seeing what, I, what puzzle pieces we can come up with. So. Oh, yeah. No, no, let's do it. I, I, I don't have any secrets, which is probably okay. one of my, <laughs> my negative points, unfortunately. <laughs> Could be positive. I don't know. It depends how you look at it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Could be both. So we're going to do that. And I also wanted to step through, um, you know, what's new, what's new in the cannabis industry, what's new for you. We're going to step through your book as well, which is um, I'm really excited to hear about and the process of, of you writing a book because that baffles me in itself because, you know, for, for me to actually write a book, I, I don't know how that would happen. So, yep. <laughs> um, and yeah, just talking a little bit more of a summary of, of endocannabinoid system and cannabis for those who haven't listened in on part one. So just to start with, obviously we're going to be, we're filming this and it's also going to be a screen share of my report. So those who want to jump onto YouTube and see this, that's probably going to be the best way of looking at this and get the most out of it. So to start with, let, let, tell us what's sort of new for you, what's new in your world, what's, what's new for the cannabis industry? Uh, I mean, first of all, yeah, what's new for me is uh, I'm trying to get better on my sleep. I had a bunch of different people. I did my uh, sleep biohacking thing. I did uh, uh, some other uh, stuff with uh, Stephen Codler's Institute of, uh, and, uh, and I found that I need a reset. So all this thing of, uh, you know, going full speed ahead, you really need to take a look at yourself and, and do a reset. So sleep is really important, which uh, I haven't been really good at, but now I'm working on that personally. Um, as far as business, you know, research, I mean, we just published a, uh, a study on cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome. 
you can find it in uh, the PubMed MCBI uh, database, and uh, it's with Dr. Ethan Russo and a couple of our uh, you know, team, and we publish that to look at what genetic predispositions are associated with the expression of this, uh, um, I'm not sure if it's a syndrome, but this condition, I would say, because we're not using it as a diagnostic tool, uh, basically. And then we're doing some research with uh, a major university. I'm not at liberty to say uh, which university yet, uh, but we signed an agreement. It's uh, one of the top uh, universities in, in probably the world. Ivy League, uh, so somebody can guess who what, who it is, but I'll be making that announcement shortly. So basically, we're going to be doing all the research they're going, they're doing in terms of uh, you know cannabinoid medicine. They're going to genotype using uh, end of DNA kits. So I'm really excited about that, and uh, then uh, building our mental health report. Uh, that's a big big area of focus for us because one of the things we see is, you know, besides people being affected with, uh, uh, with COVID, but the side effects of mental health aspects of it and how that affects your physical health, we want to guide people into, uh, you know, a process that's going to be more aligned with them personally and your genetics play a big role in that. In addition, uh, things like um, psychotropic treatments and certain adverse events that are associated with individuals. If you have a little bit more guidance, you can get a lot more precise in your treatment protocol. So, and uh, I guess we're also in the middle of a fundraise for a series B. So I'm trying to run, run a business, raise capital, uh, do research and uh, then sleep. So that's why sleep has been really difficult because it's not enough hours to do oh, anything. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know how you sleep after. Tell me all about that. <laughs> Writing a book, don't forget. <laughs> yes, a book. Yes, a book and a podcast. I do a podcast and I, the book. Uh, I mean, the, the process of writing a book for me wasn't, uh, I don't know if you want to jump into it now, but yeah, uh, go for it. Go for it. it started. So this is a two year process and I'm not a writer. So the person who wrote this book is, uh, is Dr. Brian Kaufman, who's my co-writer. But the way that we did it first is uh, I don't mind talking. So I just talked my, my thoughts into my phone and I would share files with him. So the first iteration of the book, when we got it, I read it and I gave a couple people and it was really dry. It, it, he captured, he transcribed everything that I said, but it didn't have my voice, right? It was missing my voice. So what we decided to do was go back and sort of zoom uh, twice a week and go through each chapter as we're writing it and then see if we can capture the, uh, my voice. So that's kind of how it was written. And it was a long, tedious process and I'm pretty proud of it. Yeah. And as, as the title says, you know, making cannabis, cannabis personal, it definitely had to have your voice behind it then because, it, you know, it's, it's, it's really in the title and, and making people um, is probably an easier read in that way as well and just really captures what you're trying to say. It's not a long read. My, my business partner told me, he goes, I want you to write a book that you can read from LAX, Los Angeles Airport to JFK Airport on a plane. So it's got to be something I can read in one flight. Uh, so that's kind of how it is. And that's why I end up sticking a bunch of pictures in there too, to take up space. But the, the idea is it, it talks about my story so people can get a background on how I got into uh, the space and what cannabis meant in my life and how it's personal to me. And then what I wanted to do was let people know different stories of different people, their experiences with cannabis, so they can start aligning with an archetype. So they can talk about, you know, 
oh, I'm just like uh, Jim the veteran, or I'm just like Grandma Mary. I'm, so you're not alone, and it's a personalized experience, but there's other people who have this experience as well, so you can start aligning with them. And so this, it's people's stories, my stories, and uh, you know, hopefully people will enjoy it. Mm. And it's the best way to teach people and to align with someone's life is to give examples and where they can, like you say, they can um, reflect or um, be like the archetype that they want to be like. And then that's how they're learning. That's how they remember and much more open to something that they may never have tried before. So amazing. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Can't wait to read it. And I did say to you already, I haven't read it yet, but (laughs) it's on on my list. Absolutely. I can't wait. Um, so what else is what, what else has been going going on in terms of um, well actually no, I want to dive into a bit of a summary of the endocannabinoid system for those who haven't joined us in the part one um, and cannabinoids entourage all these sorts of key words that we need to cover before we get into reading through the report yeah and uh, I appreciate you saying that because we, we need some sort of baseline like what we're going to talk about so it's a really interesting system that we have, the endocannabinoid system. Everybody has it, you know, uh, mammals have it. So, you know, your pet has it and uh, you have it as a human being. And this is a system that's designed to regulate and modulate all the other systems in our bodies. And we discovered it in 1992. So if you went to medical school, your doctor uh, went to medical school, and even recently I've talked to healthcare practitioners, they never learn about the endocannabinoid system. So just be aware if you're speaking to your healthcare professional, you may be doing more educating. And if they're open to it, then you can can have a good collaborative experience. But basically the way the system works is uh, it gets signals from other systems within our bodies, goes it's like salmon swimming upstream, send those signals back uh, to a central nervous system, to our brain. And then what we do is uh, we excrete uh, endogenous endocannabinoids uh, to be able to uh, modulate all the other systems. So those uh, endogenous endocannabinoids are anandamide, which is, uh, you know, the word anon means bliss in Sanskrit. So it's our bliss hormone. Uh, that's the one that mimics, uh, the THC mimics closely. And then uh, the second one is 2-AG, and that one is more associated with your immune and digestive systems. And uh, then CBD can uh, uh, bind, it has some affinity to uh, that uh, CB2 receptor within, it creates enzymes to modulate the immune and digestive system. So together, when you're talking about entourage, uh, together you have all these different phytocannabinoids from the plant. Uh, Some of them have affinity for receptors like CB1 and CB2, as I mentioned, and having uh, when we have our own deficiencies in our own endogenous naturally producing uh, uh, cannabinoids, we can get those from the plants. And uh, when also to mention entourage, you also have the minor cannabinoids along with the terpenes, the, the, the essential oils that the plant produces too, and all of them together produce an effect. And uh, the effect is, uh, is based on an individual predisposition. So if you're expressing something genetically uh, or you have a predisposition to a deficiency, uh, you know, you're lucky to get that from the plant, but getting the right mix of those cannabinoids and terpenes, that's sort of the, the trick in the, the secret sauce of, getting it correct and that's why it's personal Mm. and that's hence uh the reason for the report and the importance of the report because uh i think you'll see that i 
I think I have a slight issue with THC <laughs> from initial from initial looking over it. But I'll, I'll I, I didn't see I did not see your report. Just just in uh, in fairness to the audience, the way it works because we are uh, all the information is uh, de-identified and we would never be able to see your report. So you will be sharing your screen. And I'm put on a hot seat just like you are. You're sharing your information. I'm on a hot seat. And I have to interpret it now. So I'll, I'll try to do my best. <laughs> um, I just wanted to, to mention as well, like the, the importance of um, de-stigmatizing cannabis. And we touched on this in the last episode. <clears throat> Sorry, I've still got my morning voice. <laughs> my waking up voice is still here. No. Well, um, it's early. It's early yeah. for you. <laughs> Um, I, I have spoken to um, Eben and Anna. So, you know, in, in sport even, it's incredible what it's doing for these elite athletes to helping them go through injuries and avoid, um, you know, pharmaceutical medicines to, to all sorts of, um, you know, inflammatory issues to mental conditions to all sorts of things. So, you know, it's really worthwhile um, reading up and I think I saw a little bit on your Instagram the other day about actually getting quality information and I'm much the same. You don't go out and you don't search out for certain things where they shouldn't be, you know, giving you the best of what the information should be. You need to be able to search for the good quality information that's going to give you, you know, what you need and not, not take it from a stance that may not be true. So, and that's hard, you know, that's critical thinking, that's, that's searching the web. But again, podcasts like yours, really exploring those experts and listening to them and getting a little bit more curiosity around the, surrounding the subject and then sharing that with other people. Super important. Yeah, and, I, and you have to sift through all the garbage as well because look, there's a reason why this, there's not enough research. I always hear it's not enough research, prove it to me, you know? And there's a reason for that because the US federal government wanted it that way. Uh, even now, and they're losing some of the research, uh, you know, along with uh, the federal government, but all the research that was done prior to that, all the cannabis had to be, uh, you know, uh, procured from uh, a government regulated site in Mississippi, in a university site, which gave you only one type of cannabis to use, which is something that you don't get in your normal, uh, you know, daily use. So even the studies that have been done, are suspect. And then there's uh, patents that the US government uh, has in place. So I find it interesting why, uh, you know, somebody can go and investigate why you're scheduling this as a schedule one with no medicinal purposes, and you have patents in places and you're protecting. Um, so just interesting for somebody to be able to do their Google research and try to sift through all the garbage and get to the real truth, hopefully. Oh, absolutely. And I must tell you, I teach um, at, at where I lecture, I teach botany and manufacturing. And a part of, and you know, my lecturers and those who are creating the subjects are going to hate me for saying this, but <laughs> um, in, in the lectures that I teach, cannabis is, is still portrayed as a toxin, <laughs> yeah. as a poison. And so yeah. I quickly write that wrong while I'm talking through <laughs> with the students. But it's, it's, it blows my mind that in an alternative, um, you know, education like we have in naturopathic mm -hmm. medicine we're still teaching that and that's that's not that's not on <laughs> yeah it's uh, i i had on my podcast i uh last one i had dr uma uh uh yeah. Balan, uh 
yes. so uh, Dr. Uma talked about, I mean, she, she's incredible anyway. Her energy is so, so great. But she talked about, you know, traditional medicine. Traditional medicine is plant-based medicine. Ooh. Everything else that we're doing now is not traditional medicine. So it's, it's interesting when you, because that's the medicine that everybody grew up with originally. And if you think about all the synthetics that are being made, they're just derivatives of the plant medicine that was derived, you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago. And all it's doing is stimulating your own neurochemistry. Uh, so, you know, for, for people, especially they're doing, as you said, alternative uh, medical uh, therapeutics and, and education, that's oh. something to be aware of because that medicine goes back thousands of years. So I'm not sure what, which one is really the alternative. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, it blows my mind. Anyway, so, you know, we talk a lot about herbs and then uh, this particular herb comes up and it's listed under the, the toxins and poisons section. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, all right, guys, scrap this. Let's re-talk about all this. Good for you. Good for you. Right the wrongs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I, I guess let's just jump in. Um, is there anything that you need to say before, uh, you know, obviously for me taking the, the, the test, it was just a simple cheek swab for me, yep. sending mm -hmm. it back to you guys and then, um, you know, hearing my report and, and getting results back. So it was very, very simple, very, very easy. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I really love the platform you've put this on and then the, the usability is just incredible. I really enjoy it um, looking through my report. So that's just some feedback for you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's getting better. And the more people use the platform, the better it gets because we use AI uh, to be able to start getting better suggestions with people. So that's kind of how it works. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So let me, let me just, uh, if you can go to the homepage first mm -hmm. uh, and then go into the report, I just want to kind of explain to people what you would see on the, on the homepage. Uh, so right now we're doing a concierge service as well. And we're offering that to people uh, just to teach them how to read the report. So it's like a 15 minute concierge call. And then we have uh, telemed specialists. If somebody has a question about a specific disease, because this is for information purposes only, it's not to be used as a diagnostic tool. Mm -hmm. um, the second thing is uh, you have several different areas on here, which is uh, your DNA results. Then you have your health profile. Then you have your drug interaction report. And all those together will create your personalized wellness plan. The personalized wellness plan is created based on certain symptomatic conditions. There's multiple uh, wellness plans based on you know what's most important to you. So you can see because certain things can be contradictory. Uh, and what I want to preface so you know everybody can can understand that just because you have a genetic predisposition to something, it doesn't mean that it's going to show up. It's going to trigger and express itself. So being able to understand that this is your blueprint and what you do can actually help express or turn things on or off. Uh, so as you're going through this, you're saying, okay, well, if I have a marker for depressive states and I have a marker for stress reactivity, well, the formulations that I'm being suggested are complete opposite. Well, yeah, because can you actually, I, I don't know this to be true or not, I'm, I'm putting it out in the universe, can you be depressed and, and uh, stressed at the same exact time? And that's the case, 
maybe you're taking a, a something that is helping you with your uh, depressive feelings, maybe the, at, in the evening time and during the day, maybe you're trying to address uh, your stress and, and anxiety. So those are the formulations and suggestions that make come out of the report. So I just want to preface this mm. up front. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, the first thing you want to do is uh, click on your view, your DNA results yeah. as you were. So just to explain this uh, briefly, and uh, I'll answer any questions you have, but basically sure. the way it works is you have symptomatic conditions, uh, and then within those symptomatic conditions, you have individual reports. Uh, within those reports, they're color-coded. So green means that there is no variant detected. There is no genetic risk associated with that uh, uh, specific report. Mm -hmm. uh, yellow means there is a variant detected, at least one uh, variant. Uh, and you have a, you know, a possible a genetic predisposition for that to express itself. And red means there's multiple variants within that report. So you, you may have an exponentially higher risk of that expressing itself. Mm. And I, I think that's an important point that you made before is that, because I get this question a lot, um, particularly from clients wanting to find out about their genetics. And also um, other healthcare professionals coming and saying, you know, what, what, our, what our genetics is. And because I have this genetics means that I'm going to have to be on this drug or I'm going to have to be doing this. No, no, no. There's an expression. And it's very important that we understand that depending on what we do in our life, our lifestyle or our learning behaviours um, or, you know, what we eat, what we drink, all those sorts of things really determine what shows up in our genetics or what gets turned on or off. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you said. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if you have uh, any specific questions, but I, I can, what we can do is like scroll through this uh, really briefly so I can scan it and then yeah. I'll point out a couple of specific things uh, maybe to open up and, and discuss. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So, just go down for you. Adjust reports, uh, drug dependence. So yeah, opiate dependence. Uh, just to uh, pause for opiate dependence mm -hmm. and you have an uh, alcohol uh, dependence predisposition. <laughs> uh, so just just something to be aware. I don't know if it's true or not, but just uh, be, be aware of that. Um, opiate dependence is an interesting one because we've had a lot of uh, healthcare professionals, pain management specialists who've been using the report to mm -hmm. show their patients that they have a predisposition to opiate dependence and, mm -hmm. and, and give them a different suggestion. I didn't realize this until I started speaking with a lot of doctors, the patients are requesting opioids a lot more. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I actually hurt my ankle. I tore a ligament in my ankle uh, on one of my crazy hikes. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't know I went to urgent care and my foot blew up. It was huge. And I would call me Fred Flintstone foot and all that stuff. So I went, <laughs> I went there, got an x-ray and they're like, yeah, it's not broken. I'm like, okay, a torn ligament, whatever you can get surgery. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not, not doing any of that stuff. Uh, I have my own protocol, but they asked me if I wanted any painkillers, opioids right away. And I'm like, well, what about C just CBD? Why wouldn't you offer me, mm. uh, you know, cannabidiol? They didn't even think about that. So yeah. like opioids are so easy for somebody to prescribe immediately. It just goes there. And if you have an opioid dependence predisposition, no wonder we have an opioid uh, epidemic. So that there's a gene for that. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I'll keep going through and then we can, if you want yeah. me to just duck into any of these and we can yep. see what that looks like. Yeah. Susceptibility, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, regular metabolism, uh, keep going, keep going, mood, okay, major threats and feelings, musculoskeletal, fibromyalgia, joint health, got it, rheumatoid arthritis, 
Uh, some nutrient deficiencies, iron, uh, pain, nausea, keep going. Sleep, got it. THC side effects, clear. Mm -hmm. And uh, some vitamin deficiency. Okay, so if you can scroll all the way up to the top and let's start with stress reactivity. And I'm going to see if I can put the piece of the puzzle together. So if you want to click on where it says very detected, right under anxiety report of stress reactivity. Let's oh, yeah. The extinction, fear extinction? No, the third one down where it says oh, stress yeah. reactivity. There we go. Yeah. I want to start with that one first because I, I, I'm going to, based on uh, <laughs> some things that I've, I, I've seen already, uh, that's kind of, uh, will help us put it, the pieces together and, and you okay. tell me if, if we're correct or not. So every single report gives you what this uh, symptomatic condition is. Mm -hmm. Then it gives you a summary. So this one says overall, your endocannabinoid system genotype is associated with a higher stress reactivity. This can raise your risk of developing an anxiety disorder. Monitor for symptoms of high anxiety, practice stress re uh, reduction techniques and seek professional help if you feel anxiety significantly impacting your life. The second thing that uh, the report does, it gives you a suggestion on a ratio that's more aligned with you, mm -hmm. but I'm going to skip that for uh, a minute and scroll down a little bit to the science. I want to get into the science a little bit so people understand and uh, see if I can put this together. So we're looking at the gene called FA, which is fatty acid uh, amide hydrolase. Mm -hmm. Now, FA is an interesting uh, uh, single nucleotide polymorphism uh, SNP. Uh, that one produces an enzyme that breaks down anandamide. And you remember, uh, and your audience uh, knows that anandamide is our bliss hormone. That's the one that's released uh, when uh, we want some euphoria. And it's also released to help balance a stressful event. Mm -hmm. So uh, scroll down a little bit so I can uh, um, read that. Okay. So as a Jody, uh, you may experience more anxiety when stressed. So I want to just stick to the science just for another minute. Oh. Uh, what, what it's shown you is that the gene FOB, it's showing you the RSID, the location of where that, that specific uh, SNP is, and it's giving you genotype. And I'll explain what that is in a second. I just want to kind of give the overview. Oh. Also, it has a, a reference, a peer review reference to a study in multiple studies uh, where it says uh, there has been studies that are associated with how FA impacts stress and anxiety when stressed. Uh, you can also see how you can compare to other population groups, meaning genealogy. So if you were of, uh, if you want to click that in the middle, it'll show you uh, if you're of African descent versus East Asian descent versus European descent, how prevalent that genotype is in your population group. So mm -hmm. we're all created differently. And you can see that East Asian population is a lot more prevalent than you know the American population as an example, for instance. Mm -hmm. Mm. Okay. Uh, so going back to the report uh, and explaining the science. So I'm going to try to see if I can and, uh, and scroll down just uh, so that people uh, know that there is an FAQ on the bottom. All the way in the bottom uh, is an FAQ that you can see how the endocannabinoid system is involved in stress reactivity. So anyone that you press, it'll just open it up uh, a little bit more and you can, uh, you can geek out on the science if, uh, mm. if you want to. But if you don't, uh, that's fine too. We can, you know, skip all that and get to the meat of it. But this is the one I really want to talk about 
because it has a really direct correlation between brain and body. Mm. So what happens, and you know a lot of this too, so you can correct me if I, I, I'm wrong in, in certain ways, but uh, when you have a stressful event, there's uh, somebody cuts you off in traffic or you're running late somewhere or, you know, there, there's something that happens when you're stressed. You have all these neurochemicals are pumped into your bloodstream and uh, you have uh, dopamine, you have uh, uh, neuropinephrine, you have uh, cortisol, uh, especially, and, and all that's pumped into your bloodstream. And when you realize that there is no line chasing you in the jungle, then all of a sudden, your body then starts releasing other chemicals to get you back to balanced homeostasis. One of those chemicals happens to be anandamide. What happens is this genotype, and scroll up a little bit, I want to explain what that CC is uh, to your audience. So you see it says genotype. So your genotype of CC, your, your, uh, your DNA uh, has uh, a code just the way computers have a binary code, ones and zeros, your DNA has a code too, uh, which is a C, a T, an A, and a G. And uh, they're all nucleotides. And the combination of those, uh, those uh, nucleotides that we get from our parents, that is, creates our genotype. So that is our genetic predisposition, and that's our genotype that we inherit. When we inherit the same exact one, it's called homozygous, and when we inherit two different ones, it's called heterozygous. Uh, so on this specific genotype, what this is saying is the person that has this produces more fa than the average population. Now, this is extremely important because when you have a stressful event over time and you're not producing enough anandamide, the reason why you're not producing enough anandamide, because fa creates an enzyme that breaks down anandamide. So to give you a visual, uh, think of it as like Pac-Man eating anandamide. The more fi you have, the less anandamide you have. So over time, if you're not producing enough anandamide, that cortisol tends to reduce your pH level mm-hmm. and you become more acidic. If that happens, uh, you can start feeling some discomfort because your immune system will create a cytokine, an overactive immune response, usually in your joints. You're going to feel that in your ankles, in your knees, in your wrists, in your elbows. And especially if you have a predisposition to uh, arthritis or joint pain or anything like that, it can actually trigger that as well. So mm-hmm. people walk around inflamed. The other part of that is gut health. So if you have a predisposition to IBD or other gut issues, that acidity moves into your gut health, triggers that genetic expression. So now people are walking around, you know, my knees hurt, my ankles hurt. I have arthritis, I have, uh, and I'm not disparaging anybody's uh, medical conditions. Absolutely, it's true. It's not, mm-hmm. I'm not diagnosing them. I'm just trying to put the piece of the puzzle together uh, yeah. for that. So when that happens is uh, it moves into your gut health and you have this expression. Now, the, the good news is that THC binds to your CB1 receptor and actually helps to mimic the way anandamide works. So if you have a deficiency and because you're producing more FA, you have a deficiency because you're not producing enough of your own natural anandamide, especially in those stressful events. So when you uh, subsidize with a little bit of THC, now you're getting the right amount of anandamide to be secreted uh, from mostly from your amygdala. And that that's the case, you can get yourself back to balance. Mm. The issue here is that taking too much THC actually does the opposite. 
So it triggers your stress reactivity and creates that anxiety or the anxious uh, event. Now, in your case, you have the trifecta of stress reactivity, fear extinction and PTSD mm. uh, predispositions. So mm. what happens is, let me see if I can paint a, a picture. Uh, what can happen is if, uh, if you're consuming a THC formulation that is high in THC with a terpene profile that also boosts dopamine, gives you that lift up like limonene, pinene, what can happen is, um, you know, vasodilator, your heart will pump faster, all that other stuff, but it can trigger that stress reactivity, right? So now you have a stressful event. However, because you also have predispositions to that fear extinction and, and PTSD, what you're not only dealing with the stress that's activated in the moment, but you're also pulling up memories that happen maybe when you were a kid or two years ago, or last time you had a brownie and you had a freak out. Now it's not only that moment, it's the moment of all that stuff coming together. And people that have PTSD and fear extinction, this is what you know, psychologists and people who really study neuroscience, I had these conversations and what they said was, basically, if you have this movie that's playing in your head, you're not only addressing what's happening in the moment, but you are, your, your, your memory of something that happened when you were a kid or another stressful event, it gets pushed down into your subconscious because mm -hmm. your brain is always trying to conserve energy. Yeah. However, when you have this event, it's triggered, now you can pull up all those memories that didn't just happen right now in the moment that happened five years ago, 10 years ago, one month ago, one week ago. Mm -hmm. And so you, so being really, really uh, cognizant of, you know, having this predisposition that you can actually find something that aligns more with you, where you subsidize your anandamide with THC, but also have the right terpene profile and not too much THC that you will not have that adverse event. Mm. So if you scroll up a little bit, it's going to show you uh, basically in a, I'm assuming you didn't do your health profile, but if you did see, it says a 20 to one to four to one linoleum yeah. beta caryophyllin. Yeah. And the reason why it's giving you a range, because we don't know your experience with THC, but what it's suggesting is that you want a little bit more CBD to THC ratio and linalool and beta caryophyllin as your primary and secondary terpene profile. And the reason for that, if you want to click on the word response, where it says uh, about the ingredients. Yeah. So basically, we already know about cannabinoids, but if you can click on the word linalool right next to the word cannabinoid. So linalool in studies, and shows you what the, the references are, has been shown to lessen the anxiety that's provoked by THC. And beta-caryophyllin, which is the next to that, what that does, it actually works. It has a little bit of affinity for CB2, which we talked about uh, regulating your immune and uh, digestive systems. And it works really well in research with CBD as an anti-inflammatory. So together, you're actually creating a formulation with more CBD, with the right terpene profile, and a little bit less THC to subsidize that anandamide. And that is a more aligned formulation specifically for stress reactivity and anxiety. Mm. Awesome. You know, when, when I read this report for the first time, and obviously I don't have your insight, but first of all, when I saw that, I thought, no, I'm a, no, I'm a pretty chilled person. I can deal with this. But then as I was reading through it, I'm like, 
oh yes that's me oh okay <laughs> wow so this report actually brought to my attention the fact that i don't actually deal with stress very well because it's a prior memory and it brings up the feelings of those so yeah very interesting very interesting so um, you can go back to the report and ask any more specific questions, but I can I can I can show you uh, back in the report where you you have stress and then you have some depressive markers as well. Uh, and if if we can focus on that, because I think people ask. And by the way, uh, there is a schizophrenia marker. I just mm -hmm. want to make sure that it's extremely extremely rare, but there's been studies, and I've I've talked to. A lot of the researchers who've been doing these studies, and and what I, what my position is, uh, is that if you have a predisposition to psychosis and, and schizophrenia, there's a lot of different things that can trigger that. It's very rare that cannabis does, but we have to include it because it's a marker for that. Um, one of the things that that happens more often with people nowadays. Now, I'm not trying to scare anybody away from cannabis. Uh, but I'm just trying to give you what the predispositions are. This uh, psychomatic effects after use of uh, THC. If you can click on that, uh, and then we'll go into the wellness plan. I just want to explain that because what's, and this happened to many people uh, that I've spoken with. If you have a predisposition to stress reactivity and maybe you're a poor metabolizer of THC, uh, especially with edibles, I heard this a lot with people they consume that, they have a slower onset. It's a much more powerful onset because of liver conversion to 11-oxyhydroxide. But also, if you have this predisposition of psychosis, this is what it means, psychomatic effects, it can actually trigger that expression and people have a disassociative experience. Mm -hmm. And they've ended up in hospital and other places. So just being aware that you have this predisposition, as you can see, the formulation is very, very similar, or it's the same exact formulation as the one for anxiety and stress. So mm. that's the trigger that can actually trigger that uh, event. Mm. Very interesting. Okay. Yes, I, I, I have had those experiences when I have had edibles. It's taken a while to come on. <laughs> well, yeah, if, if you... So, you can go back to the report and ask any questions uh, that you want specifically on that. And then we can go into your personalized wellness plan and I'll explain that. Okay. Well, firstly, I just wanted to cover off. So you've obviously got the schizophrenia after chronic use and the THC dependence. So mm -hmm. that's also showing. So I've, you know, I've got a lot of um, red there. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, I would, I would be taking that as I do have to be very careful with the THC and, and make sure there is that CBD as a majority of the component of the formulations. Yeah, and it's, CBD works as an adverse agonist of THC, so that it sort of uh, gives you that that balance. Uh, and it's it's sort it, people look it, smoking a, a joint may not be the trigger for that. Mm. If you're a poor metabolizer, I, I didn't I didn't see your me metabolic function. So we'll look at that when we get to you, or yeah. we can look at yeah. it uh, now. We can look at it when you, when you get to your uh, uh, wellness plan. Okay. But it's it, it about edibles and also concentrates. So I don't think people realize that when they're doing a dab hit or they're vaporizing uh, a, uh, uh, a concentrate, you're looking at THC, like in California, the average uh, THC amount in, in cannabis flower is somewhere around 25% THC now. 
which is pretty high. Mm. In Canada, because they don't have any branding, it's even higher than that. People are, it's sort of like California was 15 years ago. They're going for the highest THC for le- lowest price. But you're looking at a concentrate that's somewhere at very least 60% THC or higher. And if you're, if you're going to experience and trigger that genetic predisposition, well, a concentrated amount of THC is probably one of the best ways that you can, that you can trigger that. So being aware that you have this predisposition and uh, consuming a concentrated amount of THC, that can actually be a trigger for that expression. Mm, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I've experienced that with var- variants because of, of um, cannabis, you know, from, from various source- sources. So here in Australia, obviously, there's nothing that is controlled. And so you are getting off the street and well, unless you know someone uh, who has a really good source of it, <laughs> which some of us are lucky to, but when you get the, the bushweed, as we call it, um, it's very strong and very high in THC. So you definitely know when you've hit the, the, the bad jackpot. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> it's so interesting to me because I, I, you know, years ago you used to have maybe 7% THC, 10%, I mean, that's they used to call kind bud back in my, in my day. But I was in a podcast with this uh, gentleman who's a little bit older, and he was saying, well, I kind of equate, uh, you know, one joint equals one beer. And I was like, brother, let me tell you something. If you're going to smoke a whole joint by yourself uh, of today's cannabis versus one beer, uh, you're, you're making a wrong comparison. Maybe those are your Acapulco Gold from back in the 70s when you used to consume it is not the same cannabis anymore. So just be aware. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're meant to be shared, those ones. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so if you, wanna, if you have any other specific questions and report, but you can, you can click on either any report or go back uh, to the homepage and click on your personalized wellness plan okay. uh, either way. What I found fascinating was a lot of these reds were very true. So definitely I have an asthma susceptibility, had, a, had asthma as a child and even um, rhinitis, definitely um, and susceptible to that if I don't look after myself. Um, and even seasonal mood problems surprised me, but this particular winter has been hard for us over in Australia. <laughs> we don't have the sunshine that we normally have, which I've noticed. And that again, rings very true for me. Um, and iron, well, iron is one of those things that I've always struggled with. And again, it leads back into inflammation and then the stress reactivity as well, because, you know, obviously iron doesn't get absorbed very well when you're inflamed or, you know, inflammation is present in the body from stress or various other things as well. So that was very true for me also. So a lot of these things I found very fascinating to look through and go, oh, yeah, yeah, wow, that's me, that's me, that's me. So very cool, very cool. And it's just the way that it's laid out. It's just very interesting, the fact that, um, you can click in there and it gives you extra information. There's so many different parts to the report. Um, so you get so much out of it. I really love it. Yeah, thank you. We wanted to make it, it's not just cannabis. It's your endocannabinoid system. There's so many different factors that affect it. Uh, and that's why, you know, we talk about, oh, you know, it's cannabis is personal. It's about your DNA and cannabis use. It's, it's not really that. It's about your endocannabinoid system and different things that you can do to modify and modulate your endocannabinoid system so you can experience, you know, personalized optimal health. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. So what we need now in Australia is to be able to access these very unique profiles of cannabinoids and terpenes. So that's our, that's the next step here. Cause a lot of people 
from Australia will be like, damn it, no, I can't, I can't actually do anything with this. And it's well, you can, you can, and I'll tell you how. So okay. if you want to click on your personalized wellness plan, because we're, we deal with uh, people all over the world and the same, even the, in the United States, uh, every single state has its own different laws. Like I live in California, we're spoiled. We have every single product that you can possibly imagine. But by the way, not all of them are tested for terpenes. Most of them are not. Sure. There's no mandate for that. Different yeah. states have different regulations. Yes, we, we don't have heavy metals in our cannabis. We don't have pesticides because they're testing for that, but they're not testing for terpenes. Certain brands are, certain aren't. So there's always room for improvement. But here's, this, here's the way that I would use this test if I didn't know the products. And we'll, do, we'll show you the product matching part of it. It's about understanding what aligns better with you. And when you know that for you, linalool, beta caryophyllin, they seem to be the right types of terpenes for you, even if you don't have test results for them. I'll give uh, everybody a couple of hints on how to identify that. Number one, if you're not, uh, if you want to have a more balanced formulation, so understand that, you know, having some CBD, as you, you were mentioning, Jody, having some CBD there will help with that. Second of all, use your nose, you know, go old school and linalool uh, is also found in lavender. So it has a, uh, a certain smell that's similar to what lavender has. Mm-hmm. Limonene is citrusy. So mm-hmm. understand that. Uh, when you, myrcene, which, which is really sedative and, and it's really found a lot of indica dominant hybrids, mm-hmm. it smells skunkier or diesel-y. So use your nose and let your nose kind of guide you. Uh, beta caryophyllin is found in clove. So it's got a clove smell. So if you don't know anything, you don't have any test results or anything, yeah, the nose knows. Absolutely. The organoleptics, as we call them. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Botany terms. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I'm going to write that one down. <laughs> so, so the way the wellness plan works, we have several different wellness plans based on symptomatic conditions that are more uh, important to you. Uh, so we'll start with the anxiety. So as we talked about, you have three uh, and by the way, each one of them has a tutorial, so you can watch a video if you mm-hmm. want to learn a little bit more about that. We have uh, that on each page. And then uh, this says you have three uh, genetic predispositions related to anxiety or stress that we talked about, fear, extinction, PTSD, and stress reactivity. We also show you the THC side effects that you have predispositions for. Uh, and once again, I, I keep saying this, but I want to uh, like really, really get this uh, uh, home, just because you have a predisposition doesn't mean that they're going to express itself, but just being aware uh, of it is, is important. So yes. you have uh, those THC side effects, uh, potentially, and then scroll down a little bit more. Uh, you also have some sleep genetics. And this is important because, uh, as you know, and you, uh, you've spoken about this before too, this, this whole, so bruxism and insomnia. Bruxism is grinding your teeth. I have that too. Uh, you know, insomnia is insomnia. But what happens is, and I've, I've been learning about this more and more, when you're not getting good restless sleep, it actually affects the expression of your stress and anxiety-related markers. So during the day, you can suppress that. At night, it comes out. For me, it comes out in bruxism, which I grind my teeth at night. No matter what I do during the day, and if I don't meditate before I go to sleep, I actually feel that when I wake up, I'm like, oh, my jaws, I must have been grinding, uh, you know, my teeth at night. 
So getting, getting your, getting your formulation or getting your stress addressed during the day will help you with the sleep. If you're not getting good quality sleep, you can trigger that and you're sort of in a hamster wheel all day long. And yeah, so I, I think that's important uh, to point out as well. Mm. Uh, the drug interaction report. Uh, I don't know if you, do you take any prescription medication? No, I don't. No. Okay. Uh, so the way this works is if, uh, if somebody is taking prescription medication, let's just do it for the fun of it. So the audience yeah. can see if you want to click on begin survey, and this is going to be really challenging because I don't know anything about prescription medication, but we'll, we'll just pick <laughs> some randomly. Uh, um, go just next and, uh, agree next and just let's search. I don't know. The only one that I, I reckon, I recognize a few, but my friend was on clozapin. So I don't know if you want to, you can pick any random, uh, I think it's CL. Oh, yes. Oh, there it is. Yes. There it is. Well, anyway, it's close enough. This is just a, a test to show the audience. That's fine. Clause yep. bam. Generate report. Uh, and if you want to go, you have to go back to your, uh, your uh, wellness plan. Yep. Yep. Let's go this way. So it should be in there. Personalized wellness plan. Click that. And just so uh, everybody can see, uh, scroll up a little bit. So that medication is already in there. And what it says is that uh, cannabis is uh, a moderate inhibitor of this medication. There's a reference to the drug bank uh, study. So you, it says consider reducing your THC uh, dose by 50% and your CBD dose by 25%, excuse me. And then if you see on the bottom, it says if you've taken a medication, uh, you should consult your healthcare professional. So we never want to give anybody an indication to modify their prescription medication. Please yeah. speak to your healthcare professional. One of the things I, I try to suggest to people is if you're taking prescription medication of any kinds, especially uh, SSRI, so antidepressant, anti-anxiety medication, blood thinner medication, warfarin, et cetera, uh, there is a, a pharmacogenomic study that shows that can, certain cannabinoids interact with its efficacy. My suggestion is always don't take them at the same time, stagger your consumption. And then somebody would ask, well, how long? Well, it depends on what type of metabolizer you are. So you, you set up the right page. Uh, it shows, this shows you metabolic function uh, for CBD and THC dosing. So if you want to click on uh, where it says THC dosing, view uh, dosing report, and then we'll come back to that. So basically what it does, it looks at your, uh, your CYP, your uh, cytochrome P450 marker that's specific uh, to metabolizing THC, which is CYP2C9. And it says that you're an intermediate metabolizer. So consider reducing your dose, but not only consider reducing your dose, you may have to wait a little bit longer between taking your prescription medication and then your cannabinoid uh, formulation. So how long? I'm not exactly sure. I would say speak to your healthcare professional, but I would wait maybe at least an hour or so for your prescription medication to metabolize before you consume your, your cannabinoid ther therapeutics. Mm. Mm. Very interesting. Very cool. And then, yeah, then we've got some of the CYPs associated with CBD as well. Excellent. Correct. Yeah. Really cool. 
really cool. And then, uh, and then on the bottom, the very last thing that I want to show, and then I'll yeah. be happy to answer any questions. If you scroll down a little bit lo lower on your personalized wellness plan, <clears throat> it'll give you product uh, matching suggestions. And I know this isn't uh, for every product, but you see where it says formulation suggestions. So now you have an idea, something a little more balanced, uh, I know it's 21 to four to one, but it depends on your experience with THC. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, even if it's a one to one or close to that, if you've experienced THC for a while, that's fine. Linalone beta caryophyllin. And then when you click display products and uh, once again, you know, this is uh, right now it's us and Canada that we mm -hmm. have products for, but the yeah. future is the way we're going to do this is we're getting test results. So certificates of analysis from products we're running it through an algorithm and yeah. we're showing what percentage of match that is. In the US, uh, we have the law allows for hemp derived uh, products for, that are 0.3% THC or less that you can buy online and have it delivered to your home. Mm -hmm. If it's a product that has more THC than that, like some of these nano 5 DNA products, if you click shop now, you'll go to their website, you put yeah. in your zip code, it will geofence. And we'll show you where that product is available or they'll show you where that product is available. And then you can search by different modalities, different categories. So if you want to see flower versus tincture on the left side, you can do that. And then if you wanted to search for, you know, all right, now I got my product to help me with stress. If I want to see what will help me with uh, unwinding, uh, you can click on either the, the heart, the hands with the heart, which is your personal shopping assistant that's right in the right or yeah. uh, or there and then uh, it'll um, it'll guide you through any other product so if you want to click on like all the way in the bottom i think it's uh, sleep and unwind the yeah the sleep support so you can click a view all matching products and it'll go into your dna and it'll pull up products that help with uh, you know sleep and uh, etc and then, uh, right now like i said our our selection of location it's only united states and canada yeah um, yeah drop down that I'm blown away by what you get from just, um, you know, paying for a report. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> the value in this is, is amazing. I'm blown away, Lynn. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. We're, we work, we worked really hard on this and it's a continual process because there's, I think we talked about this before minor cannabinoids. And right now we're only focusing CBD, THC and terpenes and the reason why is we made a decision that we have to have a peer review reference. Yeah. And because we, there are very few references of minor cannabinoids, we haven't included them. But there's so much more we can do and grow when we have references on CBG and CBN and CBDV and THCV. When there are studies, and we're participating in some of those studies, but we urge the scientific community and medical community please let's continue more studies. Let's create more references so we can get uh, a more comprehensive report. Yeah. And really it gives that real solidity to practitioners and medical professionals and, you know, GPs, anyone who doctors, anyone who's seen this and they actually look at the report and there is all the evidence there for, for the purposes of what they're looking at. So it's, it's, it's amazing. This is what we need. <laughs> To be able to stop this stigma, um, it, it's 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 incredible. Um, I'm going to show my report to a few of my students as well because I think it's just so worthwhile them seeing this for themselves. 
um, and just knowing what's available out there and what's coming, you know, because it's, it's not going to be long until we're going to be able to access some of this stuff in Australia. Um, so we already can access specific terpene profiles. So we can actually access terpenes individually as well as, as uh, combinations. So mm -hmm. if you were able to, you know, you can get your CBD and then you can combine that with extra, you know, terpenes. I would say that could be also a good option for this, for this point in time where we're at. Absolutely. I think that's a great idea. Mm. Uh, the only caution that I would say is yep. percentage of CBD and method of consumption, uh, percentage of terpenes. Some terpenes at higher rates can create some toxicity. So mm -hmm. just be aware of that. Also method of consumption. What I mean by that is if you're going to vape uh, your terpenes uh, with your cannabinoids at a high temperature, some of them uh, convert to different substances. So just be aware of uh, your method of consumption. Yeah. Now, do you have a preferred method of consumption for these? You know, there's so many, there's, there's liposomal, there's tinctures, there's vapes, there's, uh, yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah. There, there's so many methods of consumption. I, I think it's a, it's a personal preference. Uh, for me during the day, I take my supplements usually with either a capsule uh, or a tincture. I prefer tincture uh, or a sublingual for my CBD. And I, I take a, a very high CBD, very low THC sort of focus product that's my supplement. And the reason why I, I want to avoid my first pass, I don't want to have my liver interact with any of my cannabinoids. So underneath my tongue, buccal cavity, anything like that. At night, uh, I prefer flour. Uh, there are certain uh, types of... Uh, uh, of cultivars uh, that, that align better with me. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's, that's my preferred I'm old school. So I like uh, a little bit of flour, but I, I want to, I want to kind of uh, do this PSA for people on THC late at night. I, I've had so many people say, you know, I just smoke a lot of uh, cannabis before I go to bed and it kind of knocks me out. And I'm really cautious with people because you have brain activity. So you're not really, if you, if you have your aura ring or whatever sleep tracker you're wearing, just be aware because when that happens, you may not be getting your good quality REM and all those uh, sleep cycles. You, know, you may be knocked out, but you may not be getting your, your quality sleep because your brain is active. So it yeah. doesn't necessarily have to be high THC or just you know, consume and then uh, wait a little while before you actually go to sleep. Yeah, and that's so true for many things. And I definitely recommend everyone read Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker because it sort of dispels some of those things that we think that sleeping tablets, you know, pharmaceutical sleeping tablets do. They're really just sedating us. They're, they're putting us into a false sleep versus actually into a real sleep. So you have to optimise your whole day and your whole body to actually attain that sleep. It's not as easy as just taking something. So yep. it just comes in that foundational health, really. Uh, you mean that Ambien and people popping Ambien is not that good for you? I, I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, all I can say is that sometimes it, it aids people to get them into that sleep. And, you know, that makes them feel like they've actually had a bit of a sleep and it can help. But <laughs> not I heard people thing. doing some weird tweets when they're on Ambien too. Uh, uh, so, you know. 
I wonder why. <laughs> oh my goodness, the world's really quite funny um, at the moment. <laughs> Actually, it's always been, but I'm getting quite so, a lot of amusement out of what people put out, creativity in different forms. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, well, thank you so much, Len. I don't want to keep you for too long. And I really appreciate you. And thank you. I put you on the spot for that. And you've, you've given me even such a really, a really good outline of, of the report. Obviously, we didn't go into all the details, but everyone got a gist of where I lie and where they might be able to get benefit out of it as well. And I'm really excited for the fact that, you know, this has all come in. And particularly, obviously, it is there already in the US where you can access a lot of these things. But for Australia, we've got a lot to look forward to, particularly with cannabis medicine. So, um, yeah, I, I really appreciate your knowledge, your time, the effort you're putting into the industry. And you're just such a cool, funky guy. So I really appreciate <laughs> you, Len. No, no, thank you. I appreciate having the platform and the... Uh, it's great. I appreciate what you're doing. I think the more people that talk about this, uh, the better. And we're all learning from each other. And it's a, it's a great community to be in. And I'm, I'm grateful to be a part of it. And uh, hopefully you can come visit us. And uh, I'll be happy to come to Australia at some point when we're able to. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> let's, let's hope. I'm putting my cards on next year now. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. Um, quickly, so every, where, where can everyone find you? Um, you know, for, for information, for you, for for Endocana and your book as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, the business website is endodna, endodna.com. Mm -hmm. uh, me is uh, Len May, I think on on all the social media platforms, I'm Len May DNA, uh, mm -hmm. so you can find me there just by my name, L-E-N-M-A-Y. Uh, the book is now in pre-order on Amazon, Making Cannabis Personal. It is released i should know this date it's september something or another <laughs> you know, really early on september uh, so you can order it and then uh, in september it'll be delivered yeah. uh, i should know that but there's a we have a, a website for uh for the book and mm -hmm. i think there's we're given all kinds of discounts if you order the book for the end of dna test but it's called making cannabis personal book.com and uh yeah, anyway it's all there well, I'll link to all that so everyone can find find you and find all about the book. And I do recommend reading the book. I haven't read it yet, but I know the quality that you would put out. And um, I'm excited to read it and to give that different perspective to people. So I do recommend everyone go grab a copy. Thank you. Thank you. And, you, uh, and if, you get, if anybody gets bored, they can listen to everything is a personal podcast as well after they listen to Revital Health. <laughs> You're funny. No, I do enjoy, I enjoy your podcast a lot. So I'm going to link up obviously to that as well. Um, but there's, you know, I don't think there's any um, competition in this world. And I hate to think like that anyway. It's, you know, like all sharing is caring and we're all there to help each other and help others. And so it's just, it just has to be that way in this world. It can't be a, a dog eat dog. It's too much of that already. I agree. <laughs> I know you were. <laughs> um, all right. Thanks so much, Len. I will talk to you soon and we'll be in contact. And yeah, good luck with everything that you've got coming up. Thank you, Jody. You too. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Revital Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Revital Health as well as our website, revitalhealth.com.au, for upcoming podcasts, workshops, and speaking events. Find out about specials happening in the clinic and all the show notes and links mentioned in the podcast. 
Please remember that this information discussed here is general information and it is not intended to diagnose or treat individuals. Please speak to your healthcare professional before embarking on any new treatments, lifestyle changes, medicines or supplementation to assess your suitability. Have a wonderful day and we'll see you again soon.